uh, Iowa State, I think, is probably coming in with a little more momentum. I think believe they're ranked number 22 in the nation, four-and-a-half-point favorite. I know that Shane Jackson, I'm sure, has, has the farm depending on it. So that's Every week, he just goes all in. You got to love the guy. He's... No, somewhere. If you were a Mercury sports writer, by the way, sitting somewhere under an underpass, uh, scribbling know, notes furiously. Yeah, he had to rip off the the legs to his pants to to throw into the to the trash <laughs> can fire. <laughs> to the fire. He, he, his his girlfriend's like, why do you keep doing this to us, Jake? All he has left. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Wildcat Pulse podcast presented by the Manhattan Mercury. This is episode number nine, if you can believe that. So that means kind of like uh, here with the Star Wars movie, Rise of Skywalker coming out, we're number nine. And there's only been nine movies made. Yeah, only only nine. There's not like there's Nothing been any, in between. any side shoots or anything like that. Uh, and the guy you just heard is uh, Sean Collins, my co-host here at the Mercury. I'm Ryan Black, uh, the Mercury sports editor, as well as... K-State beat writer for football, men's basketball. He does it for women's basketball. He told me not to ask him how he's doing today, so I'm not going to do that because we're sitting here in the office on Thanksgiving because we're so committed to the paper and to this podcast, uh, and it doesn't make us lonely, pathetic, single sports writers. So, you know, single women listening to this, like, hey, hit us up. Don't really do that. Not not with bad pictures. They, they, don't, they will be you know, put in our spam inbox, and we cannot look at those. But send us nice, wholesome you know, messages like, hey, how are you doing? Stuff like that. So, Sean. Don't send me anything. Yeah, d- Sean says don't. Sean says, you know, try to help him win a sweepstakes to play Ninja in a video game tournament or something. Yeah, send me whatever <laughs> spam you've got for credit cards or gift cards or something. Oh, else. that's a little too on the nose there, Sean. So, but but you're all right. With it being Thanksgiving, Sean, what is a tradition, whatever it may be, whether it's Watching football games, uh, your favorite food. What's something when you think of Thanksgiving? What is the thing that I guess for you always brings up the most fond memories? Well, my family always goes to Texas to visit family, and obviously I'm not there this year. But that has always been the thing that we've done. It's in a small town called Bernard, about an hour out of Austin. Uh, we go there and visit my dad's side of the family. We, did, you know, that's always just been a good time. We we like we like our family there, and it's you know we always have an enjoyable time. There's football games they watch. I always laugh as the Cowboys lose, and uh, whenever Texas and Texas A and M played, that was always a really fun game because everybody involved uh, liked either one of those teams, and so it always make for for uh, a fun little rally around uh, around the TV, sitting on the couch and sitting on the uh, the carpeted floor and whatnot so that that's kind of where i'm at what about you well sean i would say it's it's just different for me because uh, you know as many times i moved around it's not like every single year of my life was a similar thing mm-hmm. I, I think probably just you know being able to spend it with my family um certainly i think like most people who are at least semi into sports uh you know we always watched the football games and, and i think for me it, it was also one of the few times at least when we moved back to Georgia, uh, where my family still, my parents still live, that's where I got to see all the members of my extended family who, I, who, you know, for the most part, we didn't get together very often. So I was able to see my uncles and my, you know, my great aunts and p- parts of my family that I just did not see on a regular basis, which was always very nice. Um, I would say, I want to make sure I heard this. So is, is that where you mentioned, is that spelled B-U-R-N-E-T? You got it. Yeah. Uh, the reason I've heard of that is because I don't know how much I've talked to you about this. Uh, I'm one of these geeky readers of Texas Monthly and their barbecue stuff, and I know they have had a top 50 um, location there for many, many, many years. 
uh, Burnett, Texas. I yep. believe that is true. Yes, and I've been there. Yeah, because well, I just know that like the original. It's one of like five restaurants in the whole city. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's literally located right off whatever state highway or U.S. highway. Basically, co- the entire city is yeah. based off of that state highway. And yeah. because that's part of what they call the Texas Hill Country, right? Mm-hmm. Awesome. I'm sure that's a very beautiful drive. It kind of is, yeah. Going in there, we're usually getting there like deep into the night, or I'm passed out, or something like that. But yeah, actually, the land out there is really nice. Um, I have cousins that that have a bunch of it, you know, several, maybe hundreds of acres that are very nice. So um, it's a good time. Well, that that's one thing I do, you know, Sean. Don't get me wrong, I would love to fly more to some of the Texas games that Kansas State plays. But man, just getting to drive and, and see some of the landscape of Texas. Uh, and and again, I've only been up, you know. Lubbock and Austin, Dallas, Fort Worth, obviously. Been, like, I've never even been, been down to, you know, like, or over to like El Paso or in the deep, deep, you know, part of Texas toward the coast, uh, at least on the. You're talking the, like Houston or Galveston? No, I'm talking about like South the opposite. Padre? I'm talking about like the opposite side of the state, like oh. where, where Marfa and places like that are. Okay. Which I know, I mean, I'm talking about, or even like you said, kind of down close to the, the Mexican border where uh, uh, Harlingen and um, what's the other city down there? The bigger one uh, that's so far south, uh, Mexico City. No, well, point B. I think we're getting way off track, Sean. So, it, like I said, so the most recent thing to happen in K State sports uh, was Wednesday night. the uh, The men's basketball team went down to Fort Myers, Florida, for the Fort Myers tip off, a four team tournament, and they finished fourth. Uh, they lost both games. Last night being a seventy three sixty loss to Bradley. And, uh, you know, not a person, a college. Yeah. The Bradley Braves. Yikes. They're the team last year, Sean, if you remember, who got all the controversy because their long time, the long time beat writer for the local newspaper was like they, they were restricting access to him. Right. And it was just a big controversy. And, you know, obviously, Sean, I'm one of those people that, hey, I'm a reporter and whatever it is, I'm always going to side with a fellow reporter. And, and I'm glad that. The, the university and the athletic department was shamed into – because, I mean, this guy had been covering the team for like 30 years. It wasn't like he was just some new kid on the ball. I mean, he – like the person, I guess, if you go to read about Bradley Athletics, he's the guy you'd go to go to read. So, it, it, at least for a very short time, put a damper on. Otherwise, it was a great season for them. Uh, you know, hey, last night that Nate Cannell kid, he looked great. You know, he scored 22 points with 6 of 8 from three-point line. And, uh, you know, K-State just – Sean, they just have these long stretches with this team, kind of similar to last year, but it's just they don't have as many experienced players where they just they just can't score. They just cannot score. Can't By get long stretches, do you mean the entirety of a basketball game? Well, they didn't <laughs> score for the first, I want to say here, six and a half minutes of the and second. And neither half. team did for a little bit too, right? Well, I believe, okay, off the top of my head, I'm, I don't have the stats in front of me, but it was neither team scored in the first four minutes of the second half. And then they scored two buckets, and both of them were three-pointers by Cannell before K-State finally got on the board. So it's just, again, the, last year's team had that problem too, but you just knew at some point, you know, Barry Brown, Dean Wade, Kamal Stokes, that they were going to get going at some point usually. Mm-hmm. This team, you just don't know as much about. I mean, not not that uh, Cartier Jada has not played fantastic. I mean, he continues to rack up crazy assist numbers. Uh, and, and Xavier, Seen, Xavier Sneed was the leading scorer again last night, but – Man, they're just getting nothing from McCole Maywean and, and Levi Stockard. I mean, because Maywean just again cannot stay out of foul trouble. Stockard just cannot finish around the hoop. I mean, it's it's just 
It's one of those things, Sean, where again, I don't want to sit here and be super, super critical in terms of like, hey, I know I'm just a guy sitting here talking, but man, it kind of blows me away that you've got a guy playing at a Power 5 university, and it's like, that's your job. I mean, they they brought you in to be able to finish those kind of plays right at the hoop. It's not like you're shooting from 26 feet. I mean, you're three feet away from the rim, and uh, like I said, Sean, I do think, you know, because of how young the team is overall, they're going to continue to get better as the season goes on. Problem is, it may be too late. You know, they 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 basically have z- they have z- zero margin for error at this point. Like because it, I mean the Pittsburgh loss, not not necessarily a great loss, but at the same time, I mean they were a team that already had some good wins coming in. They beat Florida State, uh, and they're an ACC team that's at least on the rise. I think under you know former Duke assistant, former Duke player Jeff Capel, and former Oklahoma coach uh, Jeff Capel. But the Bradley loss, like you said, is just a lot less, if 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 at all, defensible. Well, and let's be real here. They've lost two games now. There's, I mean, there's, there's a, a scenario where they've lost three or four games. I mean, they have not played well in a game yet, have they? Like, well, I guess the thing is they haven't really had what you would call a complete performance. It's like they've had nothing but like one half of good play. Because, like for instance, the Pittsburgh game. It was, it was Monday, the first, the first game they played. They got up, uh, you know, nine zero. Seven points were scored by true freshman forward Antonio Gordon, and just like, hey, like this, this might be just a an actual convincing win. And not only that, but they would finally have played a really good first half because through the first four games of the season, they had not played well in the first half at all. But you know, as this is want happening in games of basketball, you know, K State started to let Pittsburgh back into it, and then you look up in halftime, and they're only up by two, and then just down the stretch, Pittsburgh made more plays. Well, uh, I I enjoyed being on Twitter last night during the uh, the the hour where there was a KU game and a K State game because those were just two very different matchups because apparently the K State game was just really ugly on both sides, and uh, and the KU game was you know like a really intense solid overtime game. Well, and also like you said, I mean the fact that I mean K, KU was playing for a, a championship in a tournament and excuse me K State K State was trying to avoid not finishing them last in a four team tournament too that could be a factor w- what I'm curious Sean because you would you'd be able to speak to this is there it seems like I, I've just heard since I've been covering K State that uh, from the KU side people seem to think K State just obsesses about us and they just can't but like is it does it go both ways because I mean it does seem like I mean I noticed a lot of tweets about like like kind of what I just said is like KU people say no hey look at K- KU just finished or K State just finished fourth in a tournament oh wait that tournament only had four teams do you think there's like a little bit of obsession on both sides or do you not I mean obviously I think it kind of depends on the fan and it's also sport dependent mm-hmm. um I think probably the way KU fans see it probably again I am speaking purely from reading twitter or you know being around them um maybe things changed and they are just so different now but um it's more of like in basketball that k-state's like this adorable little thing that you know kind of like twos at the heels of ku that kind of thing um like they won a big 12 title last year that's adorable but all the things that had to go down in order for ku to you know, finish in second place a game back uh, was remarkable as well. And that's probably what what they're seeing. At the same time, you know, when it comes to football, K-State probably sees KU as, as silly, like can't take them seriously. Like, oh, look, at they thought that they were going to come in and have less miles, just change everything. They won a few games, but, you know, 
still beat him 38-3. Like, that... Did you see the stat that's been going around uh, the last couple of days? I think it was... It, someone tweeted it about in football. Like, league wins in the decade. Yeah. And, like, KU had six. And, like, the next worst was, like, maybe 31. And I guess... It kind of blows me away. I mean, I know they K- didn't get a road Big Twelve win yeah, in football for a decade. A decade, yeah. It's zero and forty three. Something. It was a number close to there. So basically, ten year old KU fans have never seen their team beat a Big Twelve team on the road. I'm not sure why a ten year old is rooting for KU football, but I suppose it's feasible. Well, if you you grew up in Lawrence, I mean, wouldn't you be cheering for KU football? Would you though? I mean, who else would you cheer for? If you're in uh, Lawrence, whatever team's winning. I mean, I guess if you're a bandwagon person, yeah. I mean, there's lots of those, right? Well, I'll put it this way, because we need to at least shift into football in a second. But I'll say this, Sean, and I know I don't know if I brought it up on this podcast before, but it's that the KUK State rivalry in sports reminds me so much of having been in Alabama, but with the Auburn and Alabama rivalry, where I've always said if you take kind of like here with K State, if I think if you put K State in forty some odd other states in the country, they would be the the biggest deal in basketball because they have a fairly solid history overall. You know, if, even compared to other Big 12 schools, but it's just like KU is so just so much history. And of course, it's the, the home of in the where basketball started and all that. It's just hard to kind of get out of that shadow. And then, like I said, on the flip side, then in football, like you said, KU has been so bad for quite a while that K-State with what Bill Snyder accomplished. And even when K-State wasn't maybe great, just what Bill Snyder stood for always meant people knew what who K-State was. and and what have you. So in, in, and so in Alabama, it's like I said, the same thing with Auburn. I mean, they've won a couple of national championships, played for another, have won quite a few uh, SEC titles. And so if you, didn't, if you put them in most other states in the country, Auburn football would be the biggest thing going. But when you're in the same state as Alabama, where it's like them not making the playoff this year will be a major story, it's like, I mean, what do you do? Uh, and, and now so on the flip side of basketball, now that's kind of where Auburn can kind of puff its chest out more because – that and I'm sure you're not going to be surprised. I've now seen this stat about the first team from the state of Alabama to ever make a Final Four. Yeah, because Alabama had made it to the Elite Eight a couple of times and and, and fallen just short. Uh, and by by the way, I should mention that at least if you look at their histories in basketball, Alabama also has a better overall tradition in terms of number of big uh, I'll say Big Twelve number of SEC regular season uh, tournament championships, etc. But you know, it's just now, I mean, for some people, that's really ancient history about Alabama basketball. And, and now with what Bruce Pearl is doing at Auburn, that's no one can, I mean, Hey, in a way you can say he got, he got Avery Johnson fired. The last thing that I'll say about the whole rivalry sure. kind of thing yeah. is that, and I'm just saying it's an interesting interplay. Cause I would tell you that I think Sean, will be the last thing I say on that. It, I would have to think it's the exact same thing in the state of Kentucky. You put Louisville in any other state in the country, maybe outside of North Carolina, Louisville basketball. I mean, again, they've won three national championships, depending on what you think about the NCAA taking away one uh, and one just titles in every league they've ever played in. And they're one of the top. Certainly to me, they're, they're a top 10 program. No question. But you're in the same state as Kentucky. And what do you do? So I'm just saying it, those those three rivalries specifically, because, I mean, I have not covered, you know, the UK and, and, and Louisville rivalry, but to me, the other the other thing that that, sh- that all three of those states share, Sean, have you thought about it? Uh, silverware. None of them have pro teams. So the college sports pro mean, teams. Yeah, pro, 
pro teams. Did I say teens? teens? No, yeah. I was just messing uh, with you. It just that that means that the college rivalries just take on so much more importance and outsized importance compared to a state like New York, California, blah blah, where you have all these other pro teams. And if your college team is terrible, you can just focus on them. So thank you for letting me get up on a soapbox, and I'll I'll set I'll step down now. Okay, so the actual last thing that I was going to say about rivalries, <laughs> Texas um, barbecue. Well, I think that the KU-K-State rivalry is unique, but maybe not in the ways that the, like fans are excited to hear about or something like that. It's like, yeah, it's always been a great rivalry, yeah, whatever. It's it's not it's not what they think. So, like, whenever Alabama or Auburn play in football or, you know, I got, I'm trying to think of a Duke and North Carolina in basketball. That just those are you know those kinds of examples. Whenever those two teams play, it feels like two like juggernauts are going up against each other every single time, right? It's just two heavyweights in a, in a, in a heavyweight title match. Like even during the regular season, it just feels like two titans going up against each other. KUK State, one team is usually just way worse than the other at whatever they're playing, and so I think that 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 rivalry has resulted and fans kind of what you were mentioning beforehand and like some pettiness or like obsessiveness with the other being bad at whatever sport they're playing so yeah are KU fans excited that K-State is uh underperforming or I don't know what their expectations were you know to be very good or not but they're probably pretty excited about it K-State fans probably thrilled that, you know, KU football is losing uh, football games. That kind of thing. Obviously, other rivalries feel the same way about other teams. It's just that the losing doesn't happen nearly as much as it probably does within this rivalry. Well, and how about this, Sean? This is a good way to shift gears and it'll help us get into K-State football. But speaking of two juggernauts going at it, I think something that, and, and hey, other people, I'm sure if you're actually a fan of either of the teams, you feel differently. I, I would like to see Michigan beat Ohio State, if just for the fact that Ohio State has so thoroughly dominated that rivalry since 2000. It would just be good for the sake of rivalry for they Michigan won't. to win. You're probably right. I mean, I, 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 I mean, hey, Ohio State to me looks like the best team in the country if you just go by offense and defense. I mean, LSU probably has a superior. If offense, you go by offense, you go by defense, you go by special teams. They look like the best team. Which is, is well, but you know what I'm saying, Sean, is I'm saying a complete team. I'm saying I think LSU's offense is better, but I think if you go by defense, I think if you include that portion of it, I think Ohio State's a better team. Okay. That's all I'm getting at. You're trying to make me sound like the, like the key to the game is to score more points than the other team. Well, that's what you're trying to make my point sound like. I'm just saying. You just that said that too, on air. I'm just, well, I'm just saying. I have I the th ability to edit that and make it so you sound serious. Well, better than Greg getting on here with his little wimpy voice. Yeah. Him coming in and just saying something stupid. Because we know that could happen at any time. He might bust into the office right now. What? Hey, Greg. Whoa. He just walked right in. All right, he left. <laughs> it is pretty Greg's wild. Gone. It is pretty wild to think that Greg would show up on Thanksgiving just mm -hmm. to come in for five seconds to say nothing. But he could do that. I mean, he's also single. He's another single sports writer. We're not going to give you his email because he needs to be, you know, alone and unhappy. Wow. Well, like me, but hey, I mean, he's got a few more years left in his life. 
Oh my god. So anyway, Sean, speaking of rivalries again that have been very one-sided has been K-State and Iowa State football. Last year, Iowa State ended a long, long, long losing streak to K-State in a game in which K-State blew a 17-point lead in the fourth quarter with 12 minutes remaining. Iowa State's also looking a little bit better right now than K-State. K-State did win it. It's its most recent game, but, you know, obviously, you know, they kind of just squeaked it out. You'll take, I mean, you'll obviously take wins in conference on the road. If you can go on the road and you can get a win, obviously any team is going to take that no matter what the final score is. But uh, Iowa State, I think, is probably coming in with a little more momentum. I think believe they're ranked number 22 in the nation, four-and-a-half-point favorite. I know that Shane Jackson, I'm sure, has has the farm depending on it, so... That's every week he just goes all in. You gotta love the guy. He's you know somewhere. I feel more Mercury sports writer, folks. By the way, sitting somewhere under an underpass, uh, scribbling know, notes furiously. Yeah, he had to rip off the the legs to his pants to to throw into the to the trash <laughs> can fire. <laughs> to the fire. He, he his his girlfriend's like, why do you keep doing this to us, Jake? All Please. he has left is his phone and his phone charger, so he can check up on the scores and his betting lines. Where would he plug that in on the underpass, though? Where oh. would he have to go? Well, he has to always, you know, try and you know go into a, like scamper into a McDonald's or something and charge it and then leave. Man, what a if life! He, if he can get thirty percent charge before they ask him to leave, that's you know that's always a win. Then he has to go, you know, find some other place, maybe a a mall kiosk or something like that where he can charge his phone. What a life he lives on the edge every single day. I couldn't do it. Shane Jackson, man, that guy. That's like realistic. I, that, I speak there from truth. Uh, he's he's something else, you know, and. You know, you you replaced him. Uh, there was a guy in between you guys, and uh, I mean, he I see he actually sent me something. There was a guy in between me and Shane. This guy actually sent me a message this morning and said, "You know, hey, hey, Ryan, thankful I don't have to work with you anymore." Nice. <laughs> and I said, "The feeling is mutual, bub." Wow. And that's the last thing we said to each other. So I'm not going to even give him the dignity of saying his name on air. You can look him up on Twitter, though. He still has it in his bio. I think you Peter. can look him up on Twitter <laughs> at and then. So anyway, Sean, I 100% agree with you that, uh, I, again, I think top to bottom, Iowa State is the better team heading into this game. I think they do come in with a little more momentum. But here, here's the crazy thing, Sean, is that they they have very much been a team that plays up or down to its competition. I mean, they beat Oklahoma, but they, they lost TCU. I mean, there are just some games where you would just say if they were a really great team, they would not have had some of the losses that they've had this year. So, again, I, I just here, – here's my only thing, Sean. The reason I feel a little more confident about Iowa State heading into this game as opposed to K-State, I mean, K-State having two two key players who got hurt last week, two more starters, Walter Neal in the secondary, Malik Knowles, their most explosive receiver. I just don't think – Tough year for Malik Knowles. Right. Started off so strong, but, he, I mean, he's just banged up every week now. Yeah, no, just so many nagging things with him. And so I'm just saying I just – my personal opinion is I don't think they can beat Iowa State with neither of them at 100%. You're probably right there. I um, will say this. I would say that Neil, I think, is actually more important to them winning. Because if he doesn't play, now you've got your entire well, – I say retire, the two guys who you thought were going to be your starting corners would both be out. Because A.J. Parker's already out. They'd already lost him. So and they've lost. already looked much worse in the secondary with the loss of A.J. Parker. So, yes, yeah, so, losing Neal is probably, uh, I mean. Going up against Brock Purdy, you don't want that. But, again, 
we've seen crazy things happen before. No, of course, well, yeah. We, we have. Um, but your, your safest bet, if you want to know what's going to happen uh, with this game, if you are I know what you're about to say. doing the betting lines, I know uh, what you're going to say. Pick Go up a copy it. of the Manhattan Mercury tomorrow. <laughs> figure out who we predicted to win, and then choose the other team. And uh, you should be you should be pretty safe there. I know. I feel bad. What are we? What am I like? Two and I, I think that we're all between you. Greg and I, all. we are in single-digit wins for oh, sure. Oh no, no, well, well, but there's only bit single. You mean if you combine us all? Yeah, we're oh, I thought you meant. In single I, I thought you meant, of course, that if you did our single record. Well, of course, I mean there's only been eleven games. None of us are ten and one, or something. But yeah, I think you're right. I don't think combined. Okay, so Bowling Green and Nichols, we all have that. Yep. Um, I know I picked Mississippi State. I think I picked one game correctly as well. Okay, so if we go through, like I said, Nichols and Bowling Green, so that, that would have meant we're 2-0. and I know I picked, I think we all picked Mississippi State. I think we did. I think we all picked Oklahoma State. So I mean, at See, least... actually, I think I picked K-State against Mississippi State, but I got another one wrong that, one, that you got correct. Probably Oklahoma State. Did you pick them to beat Oklahoma State, too, after the bye? Yes. Okay, and then we all got Baylor wrong. Because, I mean, at that time, none of us thought anything of Baylor. We so got, I know we got that wrong. We got wrong. Texas. I got TCU wrong. I think you guys did, too. Um, you and I got Texas. Greg did pick uh, K-State to win that okay, game. Okay, that might be what kept us in single digits then. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I know. I and then, of course, we all, we all picked K-State to beat KU. So there's that. <laughs> and then... Uh, and then I know that I, I think we all did pick K State to beat Texas Tech last week. We always you so know, we're make barely these picks after I, I we've hopped be, out of our clown car. I would bet that if our total combined between the three of us, we've had maybe a dozen wins this year. Yikes! But yeah, I think. Well, wait, man, I need to go back and look. Cause I'm, I mean, you you think you picked K State to beat Mississippi State on the road? I think I might have. Hmm. Okay, well, I mean, that would have been a good pick on your part. I just, I guess, Sean, and here's where it probably helped you last year not to have been here. I just remember how thoroughly Mississippi State dominated the line of scrimmage last year. Remember, Skylar Thompson was still winning the Heisman for me at that point. That's true. You because did I totally said that he's winning the Heisman and not just going to be a dark horse. You candidate. did No, you did And hey, again, that, that was a question where early in the season when you said that, I'm sure the six people who listened to our podcast at that point, because now it's up to about 12. Nice. Maybe more. Maybe 15, 20, 30. Open to, hey, I, our numbers continue, have continued to rise, and I want to make sure I say that, hey, folks, if you want to help us keep doing this, we'd appreciate if you, you know, pick up a copy or subscribe to the Mercury either here or online because, you know, hey, I mean, we, you know, Sean and I put in a lot of hard work as do all the other people here at our paper, and, and we want to keep doing this. You know, we have a lot of fun with it, and, you know, we just can't do it kind of on our own dime. I mean, it, it, it we're kind of at the mercy of subscribers and stuff, and, and like I said, I, I'm proud of what we produce every day, you know, and I think Sean feels the same way. It's like, you know, we're never perfect, but we certainly strive to do the best that we can. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the classic, you know, there's two of us, you know, covering double digit teams with ease. I mean, eight high school teams, uh, combination of, you know, pretty significant coverage of at least four to five collegiate, uh, athletics, uh, athletic programs here. Um, there's just a lot to do all the time. Obviously, we do. Mm -hmm. We do. We put out the pages. Uh, we do this podcast. We do game coverage. And see, Sean, that's something I want to make sure I mention. I mention to people is I don't think enough people know that. I mean, we're one of the few papers who still like you and I have to design our own pages. Like Salina, Topeka, whatever. I mean, they have like these design hubs where, like, literally, there there's a third party designing the paper, and 
whoever the editors or desi- or writers are, they're just doing that. Like so, we we just have a lot more on our plate than most of the people in our position covering a Power Five program. But Sean, you know, I, I think we want to end on this because hey, it's this team that you cover, and they're in their own tournament. Women's basketball team not a great loss themselves the other day. And so, what what kind of are your expectations for them at the Junkanoo Jam, which you're furious and you pounded the table when you came in Ned's office? The fact that send me to this tournament, Ned said no, and you said okay. The fact that you guys wouldn't send me to the Bahamas is Sean. Isn't that exactly how it went? You came in here, pounded the table, and said send me to this tournament. Walked into Ned's office. And then <laughs> put my foot down, pounded on the table. You have to send me to the Bahamas. And then Ned looked up and said, "No." No. And then you're like, "Okay, yep." Yeah, I okay, remember it. Sorry. I remember sitting out in the in the uh, just the main part of the offices, laughing hysterically. Yeah. Well, I mean, was it a good loss? No. Um, UT Arlington is a good team. I think that that that's pretty much better than what their name suggests. uh, Yes. They're a team that maybe not very many people hear of until they're uh, an 11 seed in the men's basketball tournament or something along those lines, but they are a good team. Uh, They're coming off of a, of a, of a Sunbelt championship last year um, in in their conference. So, I mean, they're, they, they are a talented team. Also, uh, I don't know if you if you haven't read uh, the game stories or, uh, or or Greg's story from from the game. Um, there were a lot of things that that went wrong very early for K State as far as injuries. So they didn't have uh, Rachel Ranke. Um They didn't have uh, Simone Goodrich or Savannah Simmons. Um, so their guard play was automatically just completely depleted at the start. So they actually had to have uh, some of their forwards. Uh, come in emma chapman who's a freshman she had to play true guard. freshman true freshman true freshman she had to come in and play guard she had to play the most minutes that she's played for the team yet at a position that she's really really hasn't played for for most of her life so jeff Mitty's having to figure out a lot of things in a, in a panic because he was expecting to have ranky uh and simmons like the, the those were players that he thought that he was going to have i like so, goodrich a lot yeah well, too. they but both of the both of those players are very important to what they do offensively and the fact that they struggled to score is not that surprising you they got to uh uti Arlington got to pack the paint pretty well um obviously peyton williams still got hers she still had a very nice game i think it was 15 points 16 rebounds or, or vice versa but you know that losing a game like that isn't wonderful but it's not the worst game in the world to lose well like especially if they go on like they meaning ut arlington go on to repeat a sunbelt champs i mean and hey i think this is the other thing i think the committee always looks at hey did you schedule like a real team like scheduling the team that's a defending champ of their conference is a whole lot different than scheduling a team in the 300s you know like at least like they they scheduled a team with a pulse and midi always does that i'm saying yeah a team with a pulse right i mean midi always is willing to go and play teams like uh, Arkansas Little Rock teams, like teams that actually have been historically good. Which is again, I just think the committee always looks at that and say, says, "Hey, they went out and tried." And that that means a whole lot more than if they had come here and played another team like that Illinois Chicago and won by sixty points. I mean, that that proves nothing to anybody. So Ryan would only scheduled cupcakes. I mean, I I'm more of a cookie guy myself, but okay. I'll take cupcakes as well i mean man every time they do that cookie thing at barrymore's coliseum i get so mad i'm like hey bring them to media row they, they don't hear me when i say it that low but so sean we're in this junk new jam where did, how, how do they how do they fare because what the three other teams are memphis michigan state lsu well if they if they are healthy i think that they've got a good chance to make some noise win a game or two um this is a really good k-state basketball team whenever they are healthy um obviously time will tell whether or not 
that that's the case, but they will have that you know, a, a quite a bit of time in between uh, the Monday game and, and when they play. So that's I think that they've got a good chance to win. Where do they finish in the tournament? In in, in this the how many, how many teams are is this a four team yeah. tournament? Third. So what you? I'm just I'm just trying I'll say to second. I'm trying to read your mind. Okay, I'll so say they, second. So they beat Memphis and they lose to either LSU or Michigan State. Sure. I mean, I I wouldn't be shocked if first, but I mean, like this is a pretty strong tournament. I think. Yeah. No. So it'll, be, it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see kind of what happens. And so, folks, uh, thank you so much for for listening here. You know, Sean and I willingly woke up on Thanksgiving to come here to the office and and record this and. You know, we both have plans for the rest of today and tomorrow, but we hope that you enjoyed this latest episode. Sean, you got anything else you want to make sure our listeners know? I was about to say viewers, but I was like, we're not PBS. We don't have a TV. So anything else you think our listeners should know? Nope.